hold space for your darkness, a first responder mental health podcast hosted by me, Erin Jane, where we have conversations about what it's like to perform a first responder role and the mental health challenges that can accompany it. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Will Hold Space for Your Darkness. I'm your host, Erin Jane. And today I am coming to you from my childhood backyard in Australia. Um, So for anyone who listened to the last episode, um, I said that I was coming coming home to Oz for about five or six weeks. Um, And so this is kind of just like a bit of a bit of a check in, a bit of an update. Um, I sort of... To be honest, um, I've just been so focused on spending time with people, um, the people that I love, um, all my friends and family that <clears throat> I haven't sort of, um, you know, found the thing like the time or even like the inclination to, you know, even sort of be asking people to, to come on because it's really just been, you know, my time home is just about reconnecting and, and solidifying those friendships with the people that, you know, I only kind of get to see once a year. So um, not to say that uh, I won't be hitting them up <laughs> later down the track for it. Um, but yeah, so um, I've been here for a bit over three weeks now. Um, and we picked my firefighter hubby up um, from the airport yesterday. So as you can imagine, I've been here with uh, my two little boys uh, for the last like three and a half weeks. Um, so to, yeah, pick up, pick up um, their wonderful dad and just all be reunited. It's, um, it's, it's been really, really lovely. So um, it's a, it's a long trip sort of about, uh, you know, with stops and everything, it's sort of about 26, 28 hours. Um, but yeah, so he's he's happy to be here because, um, you know, fortunately for me, I married someone who just adores my country. Um, so he loves it here, and um, the boys love it here, and and they're especially happy to have dad at home or home here with us. So yeah, and just been um yeah catching up with people and and all that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of. A lot of uh, the people that I still maintain really strong friendships with here are still um, in the first responder realm. So they're still um, predominantly law enforcement, um, given my background. And um, it's been, it's been, it's always interesting to kind of catch up, you know, with them and, and just kind of see how, how things have progressed since I left the job, really, you know, like, you sort of, um, I don't think you ever stop bleeding blue. Um, you know, once you've, once you've done that and, and been in that role, it, um, uh, it sort of stays with you. And, and then, yeah, I think you still feel incredibly connected, um, in that respect because I do have such a, a strong community and, and group of friends here who, who are still on the job. Um, so coming back and, and catching up with them and sort of just hearing about how everyone's going. Um, and it, it's not necessarily great from um, all reports. Um, everywhere is just ridiculously understaffed, which I think is, you know, an, an, a problem in law enforcement sort of everywhere you go. Um, 
like, you know, I was talking to a, a friend's hubby the other day who um, is a sergeant and he's at like a, a smaller police station. Um, that sort of is like in between sort of two like larger ones. Um, they have, I think he said 16 or 18 vacancies and there's three and a half troops, including him, you know, and so how that doesn't lead to, to burnout and, and all of the things like, I, I don't know. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's a challenge that we're all facing because, you know, all of the things that we're exposed to at the best of times, you know, and then coupled into that, if there's no troops, so all you're doing is out on the road, getting smashed with jobs and then, you know, there's no break, there's no help, there's no backup. So I think it's, uh, I think it's really challenging for a lot of people um, at the moment. And um, probably one of the bigger things that have sort of impacted me in my time here um, and it's sort of approaching sundown here, so and I'm hoping I can get this this dump before the mozzies come out to get me. Um, one of the one of the things that's really impacted me the most was a uh, a conversation that I had with um, with a really good friend of mine who um, in the job uh, I worked with him at my training station and he um, is like uh, older than me and more, was you know more senior to me. Um, and he was very much like a really um, important and integral mentor for me, um, especially like in my early years. He just sort of guided me and took the time to teach me, you know, the, the right way to do things and, um, and ended up, you know, becoming, becoming one of my best mates. Um, so I was having a chat with him the other day and, and we were, you know, having the catch up about all the people that we used to work with and, and all that kind of thing and going over, you know, oh, how's this person? How's that person? Spoken to him, spoken to them. And um, it was, um, we both kind of came to a bit of a sad realisation, like the the station we worked for was sort of, you know, a bit of a, like sort of smaller type of one, you know, I would say all up sort of like troops, you know, boots on the ground maybe I would say under 50 like maybe 40 at the time um and we were sort of going over you know people that we both used to know and were friends with and we used to work with and how how they're all going and where they're at in the job and stuff now and and we sort of figured out that um probably about easily sort of 10 to 12 so we're looking at you know 25 percent of of that station from that period of time they're they're all gone they're all out and many of them are because of mental health they have just pulled up stumps and you know whether they've kind of chosen to leave on their own terms whether they've sort of you know unceremoniously been like pushed out because of mental health like they're so many are gone and um you know it kind of just it really, um, I guess it sort of impacted me in a way because obviously they're not the only ones that, you know, I'm aware of. There's other people I've known, you know, throughout my career who are now um, out of the job for, for various reasons. You know, some are like me, just, you know, their life went in like a different direction. Um, but so many of them are um, 
at because of mental health reasons. While my little one's about to come and interrupt. Hi. Um, Mama, I don't know where my iPad is. Um. <laughs> Say hi. <laughs> um, it's it's fine. Thanks, darling. Um, that was my youngest. <laughs> um, so yeah, it um, it really, you know, made me think about the the toll that this job is taking on on so many people. Um, the fact that you know, twenty five percent of a workforce that I knew at a particular time in in my career, and and granted, it's it's you know, we're uh, what like. 15 17 years ago now um you know and and many of them were sort of older than me at the time but it's it's a job that you know people used to have these really long careers in and and I still even remember you know the, some of the ones I worked with back then and they would just be so angry about I don't know just the job and shit that went along with it and I never really understood it at the time and I have um I guess I have a lot more understanding and, and insight about it now that you know what I saw at the time as their you know, the Aussie birds flying across um what I saw at the time as just you know unwarranted rage and anger I think was just you know, in hindsight, was burnout and it was trauma, unresolved trauma that, you know, the culture at that time and the job, it just wasn't something that, that we dealt with or that we acknowledged. And, you know, a decade and a half later, all of, all of those chickens have come home to roost. So, so many of the people that that this you know good friend and I that we both worked with they're they're out their you know mental health struggles some are having um addiction problems like it's it's pretty heartbreaking to be perfectly honest to hear about so many of the people that are out that you know it just um gives a a snapshot of of what this job is doing to so many of us and the impact that it's having you know and coupled with that like equally most of the ones that are out they're also divorced relationships broken up like clearly clearly so much of what we do has has impacted you know their entire lives so I think it's you know I just bring it up I guess because I think it's it's just like the the smallest snapshot that I can present of of how many people that you know I've known in in my career and since then that have have been impacted so greatly in regards to this job you know um and I guess it's sort of um maybe part of the reason why that conversation resonated so much with me too was um, 
the day after we had that conversation, we spoke again, this mate of mine and I, and um, he told me um, about the fact that a member um, signed out their service firearm and went and completed suicide in the car park of the police station, which is a few k's from my house here. Um, so that was last week. And um, I was made aware that there was a, um, a dispatcher that um, had also taken their life in that, in that preceding week. And um, I also saw um, there's a, a great page I follow called um, Aussie Frontline. Um, if you want to go check them out, I highly recommend um, by like former military veterans, um, Australians, and I think one of them's, uh, they're a current or former first responder and they, uh, go around giving talks and, um, providing, uh, services for military vets and, um, and first responders. So go check them out. But, um, I digress. Uh, and then I was sort of notified on their page too, that a, uh, a member in, in Western Australia or WA, as we would call it, um, had also uh, completed suicide. So sort of three losses um, just in our country alone in the space of a week, week and a half, um, and sort of two from the one, the one um, police force. And obviously I know that um, it has been um, a pretty rough week or, you know, couple of weeks in um, America as well um, with a lot of losses in the first responder world. Um, a few from completing suicide, some from line of duty deaths, um, unfortunately, including the, the ones in Minnesota, two police officers and the firefighter paramedic who was shot um, by a suspect who was uh, holding people hostage and open fire. So all in all, when, um, you know, my heart very much belongs in, in two, two different countries and two different places and, you know, gets pulled between, pulled between them both. Um, a lot of the time, you know, my, my heart feels fucking broken. Um, because the same shit is just happening everywhere. And, you know, like I said earlier, I don't think you stop. I don't think you stop bleeding blue, even when you do leave the job. Um, and especially not when, you know, there's so many, so many people that you still know and love um, are still, still wearing that uniform and, and doing those roles. And, and, um, Oh, it just, um, I don't know. It's fucked. <laughs> Quite simply, it's just, uh, it's so upsetting that it keeps happening. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to come on and, and address that because it's, it's not happening in isolation, you know, and so many people are, are reaching that 
that point of despair where they think that they don't have another option. Um, and there's, you know, so many people working in, um, in the domain of, of trying to help in that, in that field. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the Aussie frontline blokes just before, um, they're, you know, doing good work here in, here in Australia. Um, and obviously I've had Travis Gribble from my arena on a previous episode. Um, he's teamed up with Overwatch Collective, who I'm also, um, affiliated with as a, as a coach for first responders. Um, they've teamed up, you know, so many people are out there trying to spread the word and, um, encourage, encourage people to reach out, encouraging them to talk. Um, so they're not making that, that final decision and not, um, you know, taking those actions that can't be taken back. Um, and I think, I think many of us know that pain, you know, and that loss, whether it's being a friend, a colleague, um, you know, a family member, anything like that, like so many of us know. And I think it's, I think it's a loss like, like no other. And I think it, you know, so many of the times it, it haunts us and it stays with us. Um, and I guess this isn't the rosiest um, Australian update that I could have given you. Um, but I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't be here on, on holiday and, um, you know, as much as it's lovely to be seeing everyone, um, you know, I guess, I guess part of me is always scared that one day I'm going to see that notification about someone, you know, being lost or taking their life in, um, the police force that I used to work for. And honestly, I'm scared that one day it's going to be someone that I know, someone that I love, someone that I care about. Um, because, you know, it's getting to a lot of them. It really is. Um, and I guess, you know, what I do with my coaching, um, what I'm working towards with my psychology degree, um, and even just the premise of this podcast, I'll hold space for your darkness. It's, um, it's all about providing people the choice and the place of a place of understanding, a place of insight, um, of compassion to to have someone to talk to in whatever capacity that they need um because you know all of the information shows when you talk about things and you share your experiences it helps it's not necessarily the be all and end all and if you are really struggling you know sometimes you need more you know, you might need some medication, you might need EMDR, you might need all of the things, or you might just need fucking someone to listen and not interrupt you and not give you advice. 
and not tell you what to do, just someone to listen. And, and I think, honestly, I think that's what a lot of us are missing sometimes. Um, so I want to keep this one short because um, it's just meant to be a bit of a brief check-in. But I guess I, I just want to implore, you know, anyone who might just happen to be listening um, and if you are struggling and if you are having a tough time, please know that there are people out here who do want to help you and who are willing to listen. And it doesn't matter what you have to say or what you've done or whether you feel guilt or shame or embarrassed or fearful or scared or, or any of any of the things. There are so many people who just want to be here to help you. And that's that's what it really boils down to. Um, so I encourage you to reach out and talk to someone. Or, you know, someone says, hey, how are you? I don't know. Maybe consider telling them the truth instead of just, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Living the dream like we all do, you know, um, and equally, you know, if you are a police officer, a firefighter, paramedic, EMT, dispatcher, correctional officer, anyone working a nurse, you know, anyone working on, on the front lines, like, we all, we're all already resilient, as uh, my friend James Boomhauer, good old Boomer, um, from Safe Fit for Duty, um, I shared one of his reels the other day, and he's talking about you know for us to for us to be doing this job, any any of any of the realms of of being a first responder, we all already are resilient. We have generally an incredible amount of resilience because you know otherwise you wouldn't have made it first fucking past fucking day one, you know you just wouldn't. So sometimes it's not about you know, finding your resilience because you, you already are. Sometimes it's just about finding better coping skills and strategies and making sure that the ones that you have aren't veering into the maladaptive range that may have worked in the beginning but are no longer serving you or are no longer good for you. Um, and I know that, you know, we all shoulder our own burdens we've all got our own shit going on you know we've got marriages relationships some of us have kids we're juggling work businesses study all of the fucking things um but you know there's someone you see every day at work check in on them ask if they're doing okay you're sitting out on the fucking van or truck with them just check in you know, because I don't know how many times I, you know, talk to people and when, you know, they have lost someone to suicide and they're like, I wish I'd known, I wish I'd asked all of the things and generally it's not necessarily a lot that we can do sometimes, but 
if just one person is asking them in a genuine way if they're okay or helping them find help, you know. Um, we are a community, you know, not like many others. I would, I would probably say, you know, and I don't have any military experience, but I would, I would assume that, you know, whilst it's different, there'd be the, the similar camaraderie that goes along with it. Um, so not everyone's always going to understand. So if we are checking in on each other and we are pointing people in the right direction, if they are struggling of culturally competent and appropriate people to be helping them as, um, you know, as the Overwatch, the Overwatch crew says, one more is one less, you know, one more person that checks in on someone might be one less person that makes, you know, that final decision and takes our final action. So just between, yeah, the, the losses here in Oz in the last sort of week and a half and, and all of the ones in the States, I just, um, I guess I just wanted to jump on and, and acknowledge it. And um, I'm sorry this episode isn't full of, you know, fucking sunshine and rainbows, but um, we all know the, the realm that we exist in. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, jump on and, and share my thoughts and, and just remind people that there is no shame in struggling, you know, putting your hand up and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm fucking cooked. I feel burnt out. I need a break because, you know, when we get a physical injury, it's visible. And people feel like, oh, yeah, you broke your fucking arm or you broke your leg. I, I get that you can't function right now. You'll function to, you know, the best of your capabilities when it's, when it's psychological, when it's emotional. You know, people aren't given the same grace and the same compassion. And that's fucking terrible. And it's a blight on us all. And we're all trying to get better about it. But some people are still playing catch up. So this is your reminder that it doesn't fucking matter what it is or who you are. If you need a fucking break and you need some help, reach out. Okay. Um, I will perhaps try to do a happier check-in. <laughs> um, another point um, during my trip. Um, Otherwise, I will be uh, coming home sort of about halfway or home back to Boston, about halfway through March. Um, and I've been, you know, uh, having some um, great conversations and, and lining some, some wonderful people up to, to come, and, come and have um, some good chats on the podcast. So um, whilst I'm really, you know, enjoying the break here, um, and spending time with, with all the people that I love. Um, I am equally excited to, to come back to, I guess, my everyday existence and, um, and film some more episodes because, as I've sort of mentioned in, in previous podcasts, this is, um, this is like my passion project. 
it's something that has been completely unexpected. Um, nothing I ever envisaged myself doing, but fuck me, I love it. I really love coming on and speaking to, you know, people from all over the States um, and, you know, different places throughout Australia and just, you know, sharing our stories, sharing our experiences, sharing our grief and our trauma and our post-traumatic growth and sharing all of the things so the people listening and you know if you are listening fuck me i appreciate you so much because um all of this comes from a really good place and it's just about just about letting people know that they're not alone and and we've all we've all got our stories and we've all all got our war stories and um you know i think it builds community and when i I do posts, you know, with uh, Instagram sometimes and I I sort of call it, um, I guess, you know, the way that I look at it is, you know, the people who listen and uh, the lovely people who've come on as guests. I sort of, you know, refer to it as like, you know, my darkness community because um, we've, all, we've all got darkness, every one of us. If you do the jobs that we do, you, you are exposed to darkness and I can't help but penetrate sometimes but my belief is that when we we share you know the stories of our darkness it shines light on them and it makes us say they're not that bad and they're not that heavy and it helps us process them it's it's pretty simple so i love having these conversations and um and i'm always really appreciative of you know the people who take the time to to come on so yeah that's it i will um wrap it up um thank you for joining me in my childhood backyard um if you've been watching i don't know if you've seen some uh crazy aussie birds fly past um you may have heard them i don't know i'll be editing and finding out um so yeah but oh, thank you for listening to this update um I, yeah, this really is a pure joy for me. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate you giving me your time when you, if and when you do choose to listen. Um, if you are someone who's listening and are interested in, in coming on and having a chat, please, please get in contact. Um, all my info is in the show notes or you can find me uh, as Erin um, Jane Coaching on Instagram um, or the page for this actual podcast is Erin um, Jane underscore darkness podcast, I think. Um, but yeah, otherwise, stay well. Um, I'll be back to regular episodes in a few weeks. Um, appreciate your patience. Uh, with me in a way but yeah stay well and um, this has been Erin Jane coming to you from Australia and as always let me listen in a way you've never been heard cheers